If we open the top and push the button, somewhere someone who we don't know will die and we will collect $200,000. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, Profile and Silver. Um, you know, it was a little bit of a longer episode, but I think that the, the, considering the events that the story was surrounding, I think we had a pretty pretty well-structured conversation, all things considered, even though we questioned uh, the gentleman's um, ability, uh, his time travel and his intent and all that stuff. That was weird. And that stupid watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, goofy, goofy, goofy ass watch. Uh, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's supposed to be the future. So I like that the future tech in that, ep- like in that segment, that's supposed to be like, was it like a uh, hundred years plus looks way older than the tech we have now for watches and cameras. Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Little do they know. So anyway, so yeah, welcome, welcome to strange highways. This is uh, an anthology based uh, podcast, which I like the idea of like calling it an anthology based podcast because every podcast is episodic, I guess. Right. Anyway. Um, so this is just one long anthology. Uh, Terry and I, we do different characters each week. I'm kidding. Um, we've been watching the Twilight Zone for quite a long time. Uh, we covered the original series and we covered um, the, the the Paramount Plus uh, series, both those, um, which you can find them other places. It's no longer Paramount Plus. We talked about that. Um, and uh, we're now into the 80s. Uh, rendition of the Twilight Zone, and we're in uh, season one. I have to tell you, Terry, I know we've been doing this a long time. It's been over a year since we started. Um, counting this segment button, button, we have 10 segments to go to round out the first season. Is that exciting? It is exciting. Um, yeah, it's like it's a labor of love. Um, I, I know how difficult some of these episodes have been for probably even our listeners, but. <laughs> Yeah, man, <laughs> this is this is definitely the definition of a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's basically the best way to put it. Because um, I like for me, like I really didn't understand how all this was constructed in the first place. But now understanding, like while we're doing this podcast and how we have these conversations, I'm glad that we've had it like broken down into each story. Cause I think that does a better um, conversation for not only us and kind of understanding the story, but it's better for our listeners. And I'm, I'm you know, like we kind of reformatted everything. In I mean, we, yeah, we did. We didn't. Right. Cause we've, we've approached every um, like every twilight zone story as a story. Right. Which, which, which when I know, when we started considering doing the eighties version, I was like, I started doing the math. I'm like, this is going to take a while. Like, like, which, you know, we con having content planned out. is not a bad thing. People like if you listen to any podcast, it's always nice to know where you're going. 
right? Right. <laughs> so, um, and I did the math and it works out to be about three years worth of content. So good on you, uh, 80s Twilight Zone, uh, for, um, a lot of what's going on here <laughs> and good on you listeners. So yeah. Thank right. You yeah. For, um, you know, the, 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 this is, a. Uh, you're going to endure yes. <laughs> with us. I, like we, we always talk about this when we get to the end, we rec- like people recommend this stuff stuff. It's like, yeah, anybody, anybody can talk about the twilight zone. D- does anybody else talk about the eighties version? And does anybody else go segment by segment? I don't know. Right. Like I, I feel like, I feel like um, we're the first people to land on Mars, Terry. I think we're the first, we're going to get there. It's going to end horribly. We're going to die. But because of our sacrifice, others can, can, can follow us and appreciate well, the journey. And, and to not pat ourselves on the back that much more, but you know, why not? Um, I've listened to some of the podcasts around us, like that, that cover the same kind of content. Uh, we are those ones. We are the ones that are knee deep in the yet. Like yeah. we are, we are like, we're with you folks. Yeah, you've seen the bad episodes. We're going to talk about those ones too. Like we're, yeah. Good, good, bad. Otherwise, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. I mean, I don't know. Again, I just, I, uh, Terry's a brother and I love him to death and I, I appreciate that he has joined me on this journey. Uh, you know, and you know, good, bad. Otherwise there's always something to like, even, even a stinker of a segment, there's something to talk about. I'm not uh, like, we're getting into like something here that I think there's some gold in these Hills and we're getting into like a, a, um, a person we'll get into, maybe they didn't want their name associated with this, but we're getting into some, uh, Mount Rushmore level talent for the twilight zone. Right. So perhaps a notable name from yeah. the past. Yeah. Which we'll, <laughs> that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in a second, but yeah, anyway, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we're in the final 10 segments of the season. Uh, we're almost there, everybody. We're almost there. Um, and I can tell you, cause I, I, I've said this previously, I, I did get ahead and watch the rest of the season. Um, there's some pretty, pretty clear skies for a bit, Terry. So I'm hoping, hoping you're enjoying the ride for a while, because when we get to the very last episode, um, the last two segments, it, it takes a sharp turn in quality, but other than that, there's some good stuff ahead. So well, you're, you're the guy with the water towards like the, the happy median of, uh, the, the marathon here. Yeah. So you give me the water. So yeah. I have not watched anything past this. Yes. So, so thank, I'm just saying that, for that when we get to the last two segments, the last two segments, we're going to have cramps. We're going to be falling down. We're going to be pulling each other just to get to the finish line. We're going to be actively shooting ourselves. It's going to be a bad time, but we're going to get there is what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. We're going to make it together, folks. <laughs> Holding hands, eye contact, pooping our pants. That's what's going to happen. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about that one, but. Um, and one of us will, yeah. and one of us will be, but not Terry. Anyway, so here we go. It's a uh, button button. It's a uh, season one episode, uh, 20 segment B. Um, yeah, this is, this is a fun one. So, uh, who, who did what here, Terry? All right. So our director on this one is, uh, one we've talked about in the past is, a uh, Peter medic. Uh, so this is the fifth of seven that he has done for this version of the twilight zone. So we had just talked about him more recently during uh, Personal Demons. Yeah, one of your favorite segments of this season so far. You're a liar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our our, yeah. our um, season one wrap-up is going to be a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be eight yeah. hours. We don't know. We'll yeah. get there when we get there, yes. yes. Yeah, strap in for that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we have two more segments that he'll he'll direct. So for good or bad, he's, he's going to be with us. Um, <laughs> so our writer on this, though, is a familiar name, like I mentioned earlier, 
Mr. Richard Matheson. Oh, but that's not um, the name that we have here. Um, the, the credit in the episode is Logan Swanson. Oh, is it? Oh, you don't, you, okay. You actually don't know this. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was written like the credit given on the actual broadcast is Logan Swanson. Um, but if you don't know why we'll talk about that at the end, but you're right. It is Richard Matheson. He used a pin name like when this actually went to broadcast for reasons we'll get into later. Well, I'm glad that you, you have that, but, um, so yeah, I, I don't know how much more we have to say about like Matheson here. Uh, it's like he's been, he's done uh, 16 episodes of the original series. Uh, this is the only one that he has contributed towards writing <laughs> for this version of the twilight zone. But nonetheless, here it is. Uh, we will talk about him in, in the future when we cover other versions of the twilight zone. Because he still has like storylines that will be readapted. Oh, for sure. But we talk about we talk about the Mount Rushmore of the Twilight Zone. Of course, Rod Serling, you know, is the first one, right? And then you got um oh um I always like what, what's his name? The one I always like um I always fail on. Um I had I had his name in front of me right now and then I forgot. Um we also have George Clayton Johnson. Um oh um let's see here. Hamner. <laughs> well, Earl Hamner Jr. Unfortunately, you're right. He's also one up yeah. there too. And then uh, Charles. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, God damn it! Like one second. Uh, the Howling Man. That's the guy who wrote it. I'm gonna file it right here. Um, it is. Why do I always like fail his name? Loading. Loading. Yeah, loading. Loading. Processing. 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 Uh, Charles Beaumont. My God. Why yeah. do I always fail on his name? Like I, I feel bad because like he's such a prolific writer for the Twilight Zone, you know Charles Beaumont, um, you know wrote a lot. So we got him, we got Serling, we got Matheson, we have uh, George Clayton Johnson, and we have Hamner, and those are the the biggest contributors. That that's right. the that's the top five for the original series. And, and yeah. Matheson is like, I mean, you throw a stone at like Matheson's output. Different- is much more um, significant out. Like he's written so much more outside the twilight zone, but it's important that he was a part of it. Yeah, but like what he's done for like science fiction, like, oh, yeah. like the stone reference is really like the ripple that he has had oh, yeah. on science like, fiction. Like uh, it's like, it's incredible. Like um, I am legend. Like seriously. Yeah. And then what was it? What dreams may come uh bid time farewell. Uh, just like this is the gentleman has written so much um, and he lived a long and full life uh, and he was a prolific writer. And uh, like, I mean, also you wouldn't, I don't think you Steven Spielberg wouldn't be the director he is without him doing the made for TV movie of duel, which is a math story. Right. Duel so is amazing. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, Matheson, like just, he, he's a treasure, but also I don't think you'd have Stephen King without Richard Matheson. And then did we talk yeah. about him more recently for dead of night too? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like Matheson, I, I adore him. I've read some, I'm not as well read as I should be with him, but I like his very matter of fact, like meaning his stories are always kind of anchored somewhere like a human, like quality that you can approach going into. And then it gets weird where Beaumont was always kind of like, let's just get weird and creepy. And I'm, I'm, I'm all about that too, but they're two sides of a coin, right? Right. And I think the, and also the fact that they were friends and they liked each other, I think is also great because like their writing styles were very different. Um, and we're also going to get, a, we're going to get a Beaumont, um, 
update here in the next couple episodes as well. But yeah, it was nice to see uh, a Matheson, a Matheson story that was not part of the original series being adapted for this, this iteration of the twilight zone. Right. And I, I actually uh, applaud the the producers and uh, you know, the, the hands that be that actually include him here. It's like, because they, they keep on bringing in certain actors and everything too. It's like, why not bring one of the quintessential writers of the original series? And it wasn't like he was falling off. Like, I don't, I don't know why you didn't tap him more. I think he was so frustrated with what happened here. And we'll get to that later that he didn't like put his hat in the ring anymore after this. Right. Um, yeah. But it's like, how do you, how do you turn away? You know, how do you turn away? Like one of the statesmen of the original series that wrote some of the best episodes of the original series, right? Like, and, Yeah. And, and to really make a name for the series itself, because I mean, I think that Matheson really brought the the, the series into itself with some of his own storylines that, like, maybe like the series wouldn't probably have been this, the same thing without him. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, like, like uh, what's one of my favorite episodes of the original series? Nick of Time. We talked like that's the one with um, the, the Fortune Machine, it's, right? It's incredible. It's yeah, a great story. It's so good, and like, um, and and. Uh, and uh, was it terror, terror 20,000 feet, right? Like, which has been original series and in the movie, right? Like just, and then know. it was adapted again. Yeah. Wow. Uh, even in, we'll talk about they, they kind of updated it in the most recent iteration of the twilight zone as well. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I adore Matheson. I need to do a bigger, uh, dive into him. I did read. I am legend. People should read that book. It's really, really good. And I did read, um, what was it? Uh, um, what dreams may come. Very depressing, but really good as well. Uh, uh, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, it's solely based on my wife's uh, affection to that movie that I finally read that story. And it is. It's it, really good. Yeah. It, it's incredible. It really is incredible. So, yeah. So there's your notes, folks. So, uh, please watch those movies and please watch, or re- read those stories. It's Richard Matheson. You, could do, you really can't do wrong with him. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so well, I guess we'll get into our cast now mm-hmm. and it's a very small cast. Luckily, <laughs> yes, because there's, there's something to chew on here, but, um, but yeah, so like our cast is led off by Mayor Whittington, the Whittingham, 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 Whittingham. That's the yeah. one I choose every time uh, when I go for Easter, I go to find the Whittingham to bring the Whittingham. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she plays Norma Lewis. Uh, she was in Turner and Hooch. That was the thing that I recognized her from. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So because we've actually yeah. talked about that more recently in the last like few episodes. Yeah, there's like a bunch of different actors that have somehow been connected to this film. And here we go. We have another, you know, another actress that's connected to that film. I love Turner and Hooch. I love Tom Hanks. Have to bring it up. Yes. But uh, other otherwise, well, um, uh, we have she's connected towards um, American Horror Stories and uh, News of the World. So this is the another Tom Hanks connection. Yeah, I've not too. seen that, um, but I, she was but nominated. Was like yeah. a uh, Apple, Apple, it was, was an Apple, Apple Apple film. I think you're right, but it was a Western kind of. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I need to see because uh, Tom Hanks Western. I'm in. Uh, she was also nominated for uh, a Best Supporting Actress in 1985 for a film called Georgia, which I don't recall. But hey, you get nominated. Got to notice that. Uh, seen almost fire. Wyatt Earp, uh, The Outsider. That was the HBO limited series based upon the Stephen King book. Um, yeah, she's a lot of work. Very, very recognizable actress. 
Oh, yeah. She has a very distinct look to her. Uh, she was also in some episodes of uh, Law & Order SVU, too, so I uh, wanted to bring that to the table. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so next here, it's uh, Brad Davis. This is a very recognizable actor, too, for a couple of characters, but he plays Arthur Lewis, uh, the husband of Norma. He was in Midnight Express, and he was also in uh, Chariots of Fire. So, unfortunately, we lost this gentleman uh, really early in his career. Uh, he contracted AIDS, but like a promising career. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen this film, but Midnight Express is damn good. Damn, damn good. I've, I've like, heard that. He um, lead. I've not seen it because I'm, I'm a hack and a fraud. But I, I will mention also he was an Alfred Hitchcock Presents, the 80s iteration of it. Um, here, here's the thing I found out about him, aside from him being diagnosed with HIV in 85. So that was right before he was in this. Uh, but mm -hmm. he, he kept his condition private and right before his death in uh, 91 because he knew it would affect his ability to work because there was a big we, – we both know growing up with that. Like that was like the big – it was like, stigma. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like, you don't tell people, right? So, um, but he was originally cast as John Rambo in First Blood when John no Frankenheimer, shit. when John Frankenheimer was scheduled to direct the film before it was canceled due to Orion Pictures' acquisition of Filmways. So, he was originally going to be Rambo. Get out of here. That is a weird thing to think about. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like, I I'm, no I'm not against that because he looks like an everyman, right? And that's, I think, as we, like, I, I forgot to mention, well, maybe we'll mention this in the episode, but uh, you you were so gracious to come on to the thing, the other podcast I do uh, recently talk about Rocky Four with Stallone. Um, very, um, very different presence. I don't know if I could see Brad Davis being um, the the stuttery uh, John Rambo. Yeah, I, I like, I maybe not especially like physicality and everything too like I, I you know if you watch midnight express he has like such an emotional beat going on throughout that film that maybe you would understand like like the emotional beats i guess for like the side comparison to john rambo mm -hmm. but outside of that like there there he would have to have bulked up for any of those uh sequels like like well, been like a beast not even the sequels but i don't mind the idea of like the everyman being rambo in the first film right because that was kind of the point right right like, like yeah. just like knowing your shit too like being a survivalist and everything yeah so all right uh who's our last person that we have in our cast all right so uh it's basil hoffman and so he plays mr stewart uh, he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He was also in, um, so this is the horror connection here, because I'm the horror guy. Um, he was in the Elvira show, uh, and also a bunch of other TV work that, like, it, like most of it I didn't recognize, but it was, like, just, like, a lot of TV work. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just can't, like, I can't, I can't, I can't. There was like a metric ton of TV. He, work he looks that like I didn't he looks recognize. like what was it, Richard Mulligan, the guy we talked about with um, the updated of uh, uh, Night of the Meek. He kind of looks like him a little bit, a little bit. Like he looks almost like drunk Santa Claus for a second. Um, but yeah, he has a, he has a recognizable face. He worked with Peter Medic six times, so you can tell why he's cast for this role. Uh, he was an Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Uh, do you know the show Small Wonder? Do you know what I'm talking about or no? 
I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that. That's a weird show. Uh, but he was also in the update of this story called the box that was made by, um, the guy who did, um, Oh, uh, Donnie Darko. Um, I don't know if you saw that film or not. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, directed by, um, Oh, Richard Kelly. Uh, and it is, it, it takes the story of button button and makes it full length thing. And it gets weird, but he was in that as well, which I think is a nice callback. Yeah. And that's, that's our cast. So yeah, there we, we go. have three players here and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but also, also every cigarette ever. Yeah, there's a lot of cigarettes smoking. <laughs> oh, Oasis. I, it wouldn't have surprised me that if they was stubbed out the 300th one, that the ghost of Sterling would have appeared. Like it was a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. So, um, so this, the segment, uh, there's a lot going on, but it's mainly dialogue heavy. So it's hard to, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of get through like in terms of like not hard, but it's like, it's, I don't know where we're going to get time wise. Cause it's a very simple premise, but it's a lot of character work. Does, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so we get our, our two characters, our two main characters here of the, the wife and husband of, you know, uh, Norman, Arthur, Norma. Yeah. yeah Norma, Arthur. Uh, and they're not very happy. They don't have a very good relationship yeah. here. Well, I like that. Like so. we find Norma wheeling groceries home because like Arthur hasn't been able to fix the car. Fair enough. Right. But then, I got to ask you this, Terry. I know that like, you know, um, you know, you're, you're married, I'm married. And like, I'm sure that, you know, when you first was, we were dating, you know, your wife to be, and I was dating my wife to be the, like, you know, financially, maybe not in the best situations. Have you ever decided, you know what? F it. I'm going to bring a shopping cart into my apartment. Um, no, <laughs> I haven't been there. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, weird vision, right? I've heard us being like, I'm so tired. I'm just going to, it's like, I know you paid your quarter for the Aldi's, but it doesn't mean you get to own the thing and bring it home and bring it into, <laughs> into the apartment. That was a weird image. Yeah. I mean, like we, uh, like an ex of mine, uh, there was a cart that used to be a part of the, uh, uh the apartment complex. And that was like, but it was like stolen from somewhere. And I was like, well, that was the that was the cart that was in our garage. It's like, well, I guess this is what we do, you know. But yeah, I I I, I can't I can't imagine being with these like in in one of these situations where I'm like stealing a cart to bring my groceries up. But hey, tough times, man. Well, like, I mean, bringing I it to the complex, sure. But like bringing it into the apartment, that's weird. That's what I'm saying. Like I thought that was odd. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so Norma is like, I, I'm, she's kind of a, I, I guess she's frustrated, but like the, the attitude that she has towards her husband is a little uncalled for because they, they don't make very much money and he's trying to fix the car that is providing for both of them. Yeah. She's, so, sta like, she's a stay at home wife in this apartment. That's the vibe I get, right? She doesn't work, which I mean, yeah, say what you want. Like, you know, <clears throat> if his is, if his income is enough to support the both of them, you know, congratulations. Also, that might be the most, uh, outrageous part of this. It's hard to believe in the, this day and age that we, that we live in that the yeah. single income can afford an apartment and, you know, a, a couple, but yeah, she seems very, um, like, I don't know, just pissed. 
and also Arthur doesn't seem like to be the smartest guy. It just makes me really wonder them as a couple, like how they got together. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. And then, so like we live in the Cleveland area here. So to kind of give like an idea of it, this is like one of those complexes where there's apartments all around you. uh, And there really isn't like an idea of like privacy, but you're, when you go out your door, there's apartments above you, apartments below you, but there's kind of a, like an open space in between, you know, it, I, it's hard to explain in a sense, but it's like, there's like, like a common area and there's like, build, yeah. 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 Common area. Like, uh, like a, not necessarily like a gazebo like, or whatever you call that, but yeah, but there's there a lot of people really a yeah. privacy. Like you, you open your front door, you're going to be looking across the way at another front door, but there is a little bit of separation because there's separate buildings, but it's a very, it's a very, um, it's not tightly, but it's, it's a very, um, condensed area. We'll put it that way. Right. Yeah. That's the best way to explain it. Um, so then like, you know, we, we get, um, Arthur, he's doing, he's doing his best to save them some money. He's trying to work on the car and he's also trying to like be a little bit more aware of his wife's problems. But I, I hate to say it, but Norma's not very understanding of his situation. Well, you either. get the vibe. He's working on the car before he goes to work. Cause he works nights, right? Like, so right. he's actually waking up early to try to get their, their car working. And then she does make dinner. Um, you know, sure. Right. Um, which I, I but he, I like that she's making dinner and he goes to kiss her. And I, there's the bit where she's like, 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 don't do it. Like, like the idea that she's like, doesn't want to kiss him. But I like the idea that it's like, not in front of the eggs. Like, like the eggs are going to be like, Oh, you guys are being uncouth kissing in front of us. Anyway, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like I, I don't like either one of these people. I'm not saying that's a, a detriment to the story, but like, like I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but at the same time, like I really don't care for either one of them and their relationship is not great. Well, and, but like in certain situations, these probably would be like the more everyday people now, you know, like you could like walk into a certain area and find this couple and that seems like really disrespectful in a sense, but really like, look at this couple, like a- as a viewer, please, you would find this couple right down the street from you. Hey, like I just, I wish, that, I wish there's an updated version where this is like Al and Peg Bundy. Essentially. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, they're just like, well, they're down on their luck in a sense, you know, fortunately they don't have kids because, uh, for God's sake, like I wouldn't want to see those kids like being brought up in this kind of uh, environment. It would it would be it'd be half a redhead, half cigarette. Is what it'd be. It'd yeah. Be. <laughs> but yeah, like they're so yeah they're down on their luck. Things are tough. Time like times are hard. But then um, like they end up uh, there's a, there's a, a ring at the, the the doorbell rings right, and then um, that's when they find um, a box. He goes out to grab the box. And the box has just their address on it, like no no return address. And he brings it in, and he's just trying to eat his dinner, which I also like that he's about to go to work. You know what the good thing you should have with your dinner? A beer. I think that's a good thing before you go off to work, you know, as you do. Anyway, um, so then. Uh, it helps. It, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So inside inside this package is a wooden box with a bubble top, which I got to ask you, um, did you get like any, like when you saw that, did you get any like, um, like uh, pop-o-matic bubble vibes from it? Like uh, any certain types of games you play as a kid? Pop-o-matic? Yeah. You know, like, like trouble, like, like you know. Yeah, oh, I love Trouble. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, I, I definitely did. Yeah, because like just the the look of this package, like whatever, like whatever this thing was, like I did think of instantly of Trouble. So if like you if if you could think of what that is, um, that might be the game. Like you're almost like interested in like, oh, what's going on here? I have to instantly like do the thing here, but. We're going to find out that's not what you need to do here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a note there saying, uh, Mr. Stewart will call on you at 8 PM. And then, and then that uh, was that Arthur's like, well, I'm not going to be around. And then she's like, you know, you're going to leave me alone for the stranger showing up. It's like, what? It's just calm down. And he's like, there's neighbors all over the place. Point, point for him. Yeah, he, he actually opens up the door. He's like, yeah. there's everybody watching. Like you don't need to be that frightened, which I mean, there's still the absent-minded uh, that don't give a crap about their neighbors and that, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, I even, even where I live, I live in a condo. There's shit that happens around here. And it's like, and no one noticed. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> I mean, also to be fair, um, uh, some, uh, some idiots like a year ago, uh, put some firecrackers in my mailbox and blew it up and no one caught who did it. So yeah, I get it. You know, like yeah. for sure. Anyway, so enough, never, yeah, I know who they're, <laughs> it, it was you, Terry. I get it. You're like, you know, screw your mailbox anyway. So, um, yeah. So then I'm, I'm coming for you mailbox busters, <laughs> you know, whatever the hell you want to call yourselves. Yes. Right. Um, so then, uh, he leaves and then Stuart shows up that 8 PM, uh, it talks, talks to her and he's like, Hey, you know, I, there's the whole thing too, where he just like walks in and he immediately, he's like, nice place you got here. She's like, really? Like he, like, she's like, like not trusting him and also being like, you're kind of full of shit. And then he's like, like he sits down and he's like, can I sit down? And I like that. She's like, eh. Like she just kind of, she has that little bit of a laugh. It's like, we are already sitting down. I kind of like that. Like, I like that bit where he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm already here. I'm doing my thing. This is a formality. And he was like, all right. Um, you've already received the device. Uh, here is a, a, um, a, um, an envelope with a key and my, my card on it. And I'm going to explain what happens. The key opens the, the dome it has access to the button. Uh, you press the button. Um, someone you don't know will die, and then you'll also receive two hundred thousand dollars. Like there really needed to be like the real moment music going on right there. Like I actually like I'm starting to think to myself, who who would not take this moment? Because we, us as Americans. How many times have we seen these people right now at this point? Like, like I'm looking at real life right now. We don't have seen, we don't see compassionate people like we used to. Like, honestly, I mean, so I, okay. I, I, I will count on that saying we do. It's just, however, we live in a day and age of like constant, like, um, like social media. So, uh, the, 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 the terrible rise to the top, and like those that are compassionate, 
don't do it for likes. So we don't always see the most compassionate. Cause if like they're actually compassionate, they don't care about that shit. Right. So I do think it still happens. But they also found, they found the, the right couple for this type of scenario, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I, feel like I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if we're like, we get the, uh, you know, the Lewis's here, they are the couple that maybe they were like, they were looked at from that point of view. It's like, all right, if somebody's going to exploit this, it's going to be them. So why not talk to them and see what happens? This is like perfect scenario. Cause I mean, look, listeners right now, even if like changing the, the concept of like what the money is, if you press the button, maybe it's a million dollars because, you know, in you inflation, know, right? Yes. Yeah. Inflation, like a million dollars. All right. You got your own problems. You think about your scenarios. Maybe you can help your own kids. Maybe you help your grandkids. Like somebody you don't know is going to encounter death. It's like, that's a scary, scary thought, but also like an overwhelming thought too. It's like, I actually was like, damn, this is a weird concept that doesn't go away. Like that, the, the idea of what, Oh, so you, you, being you were not familiar with this whatsoever coming into this. What's that? You were not familiar with this, the story at all coming into this. No, I had no oh, idea about this. That is wonderful. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay. So, um, okay, good. I'm glad that you were not like this. This seems like kind of like a trope at this point of like, like, would you do this if somebody just dies? You know, which I think this is built off of this. Okay, good. I'm glad that like this kind of hits you, right? Because it's it's a very um, it's a very stark decision, right? Like, and you're right. Like now, there was hard times then. There's harder times now. Like, you know, like it, it, it's it's not a victimless crime, but can you can you sleep at night knowing that you don't know the person that died? Right. Right. And and like, I honestly do think that there are people out there that would hit the button multiple times because they don't <laughs> care. Like, that, and that's a that's a scary thing because like going back to compassion, it's like if you really think about what this the outcome is going to be here, it's like someone's going to lose lose a loved one. Yeah. It's like you're hoping for the scenario, like, well, maybe somebody who already has cancer or whatever, they're going to be put out of their misery. But it's like the concept is. It doesn't matter. Like it could be a baby. No, th- that's, th- what that's what they talk about. Yeah. But I, I almost, yeah. I mean, I know we're, we're, this isn't the show that we do. I almost wanted to make a skit where it's like, okay, you have the key. It opens the dome. And if you press the button, beep, Oh, I didn't even tell you what it's going to do. Beep. I didn't even, mm, let me, let me tell you, you press the button. Mm, like I'm expecting the person to keep hitting it regardless. Like, and it's like, I didn't even tell you someone's going to die. It's like, oh, someone's going to die. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Like I was expecting that would have been the skit where it's like, I didn't even tell you what happens next. You just press the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah know, just like, opening the, <laughs> opening the dome. has already put somebody at a critical, yeah. you know, like, I just like the idea that would just been like, like, I didn't even tell you you could get paid. Oh, you've already pressed the button. All right. Well, that was like, all right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like it's like you only get paid once and they just keep pressing the button over and over again. It's like, you've killed an entire family. Beep, 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 beep. That's what I'm expecting in this day and age. Right. Like, you know, it's just about yeah, to press. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause there, uh, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of selfish people nowadays. So yeah. Well, I not, mean, yeah. 
Hopefully you're not that person, listener. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, like we live in a country in which like all it takes is like one bad day from like everything going sideways, medically speaking. Mm-hmm. Would you press that button? You know, right. like it's just, it's, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I can't judge somebody because things are screwed up in this country the way it is. 200,000, yeah. even 200,000 now goes a pretty long way, you know, like, well, and, and yeah. it's, this kind of harkens like some of the ideas of like waiting lists for, you know, donors and yes. stuff like, like that, that's frightening. Like it's, it's actually super terrifying. It's, it's like, you want to think that people would have the best intentions for your loved ones and that and be a, a organ donor. But there really isn't enough, you know, like I more recently became an organ donor and it's because I want to be, I want to be supportive of my fellow man. Like, and it, it took a long road for me to get to that point. Well, that's fair. I'm pressing the button. Cause I, I want, I want a car. Oh. I want a cool car. I'm <laughs> kidding. I want, I want to get a <laughs> dirt bag. <laughs> yeah, I want, hey, you know what? I could pay off my house and like, you know, get a nice car, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Wow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, just, here, let's put it this way, Terry. What? Let's put it this way. I hope it's not you. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, crossing my oh. fingers. I'm just hoping. Mm. <laughs> Cross all those fingers. Cause, uh, otherwise our podcast is going to come to a screeching hole. Well, but, <laughs> but I get sponsored by button co. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no. So then what you're talking about is conversations that, that these two have right back and forth, back and forth. You can tell that like, you know, Arthur's like kind of like not on board for it. He also thinks it's kind of bullshit. There's a bit where he literally unscrews the bottom of the device to show that it like there's literally nothing in it, which I think is a nice touch to be like, mm-hmm. there's nothing in this other than you press it. Like you like press the plunger gimmick, down. Like this guy's yeah. like, yeah, it's basically, it's a thought it's, experiment. It's, it's a, you know, it's just trying to psychologically mess with you. Like there's no way for them to know. And I think that was a cool, a cool part, right? He ends up taking the, the device and throwing it away. And then, uh, Norma, you know, she, uh, wakes up in the middle of the night and goes to the dumpster and fishes out the box and she rescrews everything back together. And he wakes up and it's like frustrated that it came back. Um, you know, but Norma is like, like, you know, she's compelled and she decides to smoke every cigarette in existence. Uh, she's thinking about it, which by the way, like, I know we're joking about it. Like, you know, I, as much as she feels like she's having a bum turn in life two hundred thousand dollars, especially in like, you know, 85, 86 would go a long way to fixing a lot of wrongs. Right. Um, yeah. Especially she feels yeah, I, like she's owed something. Oh yeah. And it's like, I get the, they're on hard times. And, you know, it's like, if you don't know the person, sure, like, maybe maybe pull the trigger. But it's at the same point, it's like, I, humanity has to exist still. You know, it's like, if you can be a little bit more uh, in tune with whose loved one that could be, like, that, that's more important, right? And it's like, I don't, like, I, I don't see that in her eyes. I yeah, don't. I agree. You know, it's like, and then... Arthur is like, he's the more humane at this point. And did they try to play him as a simple man? Like, and I mean, that is like, he, like he's stuttering and everything. It was like, that's really kind of shitty and how they done it. But it, that's, that's the character here. It's like, but he is the most humane here. 
And he tries to say that to his wife. It's like, hey, that could be a baby. When you when you push that button, it's could it that could be a, a baby. You know, yeah, maybe it could be somebody sick and on their last days, but it also could be somebody's newborn baby. It's like it's a it's a lot of weight. And he understands that weight more than you know his wife does. So but even though Arthur is the one busting his ass. Yeah. I agree. Like <clears throat> like he's He's just one of those guys. Like I don't trust it. Like he feels like those one of those guys. It's like you know, you you need to work to earn it, you know. So, I, as much as I'm not a fan of him either, because he's kind of a weakling, right? But I don't. Yeah. I, I, of of the relationship, I, I think he is the better of the two. But I still don't really like him, you know. Like, and that's fine. Like you're not like <clears throat> anytime you watch anything, you're not supposed to be like these are the best people ever. Like nah, like it's okay to like have like a couple that are having problems and you don't like either one that doesn't change the, the, the problem that's been presented to them. You know, like I'm okay with that, but yeah, he right. keeps trying to be like, yo, we shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it. And then like, there's a bit where, uh, she's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then she eventually just pushes the button and it, it, like she pushes it and it's like, you know, Nothing happens, which I also like that too. There isn't like a loud noise. It isn't like, <clears throat> it isn't like the earth starts shaking. It isn't like, you know, congratulations, you've killed somebody. You know, it isn't like anything like that. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, a non moment, but then Arthur walks away, right? He's just really frustrated with her. And then Mr. Stewart shows up with like the next morning, um, with a briefcase with $200,000 and to recover the button unit. Right. Um, very matter of fact, she's like, well, how would you know? He's like, well, of course we would know. We got to reprogram this now. Here's your money. And then here's the part about this. I do like, he's like, oh, well, you know, just let you know, enjoy. Um, this is going to be reprogrammed and it's going to be delivered to somebody you do not know. And the look on her face of like, it's like that, um, that Pikachu meme of like the, what? <laughs> like you press the button, a stranger died. Do you think this is going to be delivered to somebody, you know, you idiot. That's the stinger, really. Yeah. Like that at, at the end, like that's what really solidifies why this episode needs to be watched. So, listener, right now, honestly, um, I'm sorry we ruined it for you, but you should have been there. You yeah. should, like, dude, seriously, like that really solidified why this episode is memorable. And I actually really enjoyed this, and I think that it. It is a, it's one of those ones that feels like Matheson, you know? Well, that's funny you say that um, because like, that's not what the story was supposed to be. The one that he didn't like, but I do, I do like this where it's like, like the fact that it's like, you're so stupid that you don't think that like the next person could like, you don't, you're just going to always wonder if you're the next person that's going to, the button's going to hit. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you should have been aware. It's like, well, this was brought to you sight unseen and whoever pressed it before somebody else died. Like, I don't know. Like you could be next. So it means like you have your money. Like goodwill. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like at this point, it's like, if you already accepted the fact that like you, to your knowledge, because you receive, receive money that somebody died quickly and unexpectedly because of your choice. Going forward, you should always know that all, all you have now is borrowed time and make the best of it. And you've been given a shit ton of money to do so. Right. You think that, that, 
there would be like the um the more positive lesson learned as opposed to her being like, wait, what? You know, which good on her. Sorry, good on the story to be like, you're an idiot. You didn't think that was coming next, that you could be next, you know. Yeah, no no foresight there at all. Yeah, right. Which but, that, so that, you're that, only dealing with like what's right in front of you. Yeah, it's a good ending. But yeah, so uh before we get into um what what was, I'm I'm super glad that you did not know what was going on with this segment. Um that is that is kind of refreshing to me. So it sounds like you really dug this because the proposition is a no win situation. Right. And no win in terms of like the relationship, like you'd always be bitter if you turned it away, but then you're always going to be like, you killed somebody. There's no win here. Yeah. And I I can see a lot of uh, people probably even looking down this barrel and being like, Hey, like I got to get my problems figured out now. Um, Like I I actually enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Uh, You know, the, the outcome there is um, quite a bit to say about that too. Like, it, it's it's something that like really is it resonates still. Like I, I like I said it earlier. It's like I, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably look down at this and be like, I don't know. I probably just I probably do it just so I can change my own life and then like kind of deal with the repercussions because you know like money's money. You know? Well, I mean, this isn't dissimilar, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this uh, 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 briefly political. So bear with me. Uh, this is this is my choice, not Terry's choice. So you guys can judge me appropriately. Um, like during the middle of the pandemic, there was a big thing before before the vaccines were available, where Texas was like, "We need to open up," and it was like, "What about our elderly?" And they're like, "Well, I think my grandparents would like be happy knowing that we had a strong economy if they weren't around." It's like you're going to sacrifice. Your older people, these were like, you know, people in like positions of power that were saying like, you know what? The elderly, they had a good run. The economy comes first. Button, button. You know, like (laughs) you talk about like the faith in humanity part, but like that's the part that I saw that that kept showing up where it's like, yep, as long as, as long as we can keep making money, I don't care about the cost of human life. I agree with you there. But also, like, what was it recently? Um, there was the story of that young man was in Missouri that went to the wrong house and got shot um, twice in the head and the arm because he was the wrong house. There was somebody next, like, two doors, two doors over that heard him screaming for help and ran to his aid, like, unabashedly and helped him just because it kicked in. So, you know, do with what you want with that. You know, like... People are terrible, but people are also capable of really good things too. Yeah, fortunately. Yeah. You know, in time of need and that, but yeah. You know, sometimes there's also the people who are like that don't pay any attention whatsoever. It's like but yep. no, I, 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 I agree that this this episode is uh it's worth discussing. There's certain things going on here that like are still like worthy of talking about and like I can't, I can't believe that this is still probably a possibility of people being like, yeah, my needs before yours. Yeah. And I'm like, joking about paying off my house and getting a car. I hope people understand that. Like I, that was the joke, right? Like that's, you know, like I, you know, like to know that like somebody else would suffer and I could gain from it. That's not how I'm operating. I was making a joke for the sake yeah. of the podcast. I know you know that Terry. That, that is, 
That's not Paul. No, that's no. not Paul. Like I can attest to that. Um, yeah, I mean, so if it's if it's three hundred thousand, don't we can attack talk. the webs. <laughs> if it's three hundred thousand, maybe I'm kidding. No, I'm um, no. Um, so Paul's not getting Paul's not getting paid. So uh, yeah, I can't dock his pays or anything. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, I pay within a joke. I pay fourteen dollars a month for the show to be possible. So yeah, I clearly, clearly, I'm in for the money. Uh, so all right, so yeah. you mentioned the way the story ended. I'm going to tell you how it did end and why Matheson was not happy with it and changed his credit at the end of this. So are you ready for this? Let's go. Okay. Dude. So Button Button was originally published in Playboy, uh, June 1970. The story was republished as part of a collection of Matheson short stories. In the original short story, the plot is resolved differently. Norma presses the button and receives the money after her husband dies in a train accident, um, where he is pushed onto the tracks. The money is the no fault insurance settlement, which is 50,000 instead of the 200,000 in the episode. So it was 50,000 in terms of the, the promise of the button, right? Uh, despondent Norma asks the stranger why her husband was the one who was killed. The stranger replies, do you really think you knew your husband? Think about that for a second. Hmm. Yeah. Let that soak in. Right. That's dark. I mean, not that, not that this is dark as well. Uh, Matt, this is strongly disapproved of the episodes. The Twilight Zone's version of the TV version of this, the new ending and uses pseudonym Logan Swanson for the teleplay. So he would have preferred, um, that ending, which wouldn't have been that far out to change, right? Like, it's almost like that monkey's paw thing of like, be careful what you wish for, which is what this is, right? But then the notion of like, do you think you knew your husband? Which knowing the toxic relationship between the two of these people would have applied really well. And it would also put Norma in a position of like, oh, I pressed the button. It's somebody I don't know. Oh, shit. This is the husband that's been like long suffering. It's given me everything I wanted. He's gone now, right? I think that would have been interesting to explore that. I, I think that would have been interesting, but um, like our outcome here is, I think both are interesting. Somebody, I, I think, I yeah, think both like, have weight to them, right? But I could see why Maths would be upset about that. Yeah, well, and it's like, but we're also like led to believe that both these people are scumbags. So it's like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, yeah. Good. We're more interested in who that other person is. Yeah. You know, like right. who is the person that lost their lives? Wouldn't it, like, it would have been like terrible of like in a later episode of the Twilight Zone as we're watching. You're just like, there's a regular story, not like unrelated to anything. And in the middle, someone's like, oh, and they just fall over dead. Like, you're like, what happened? And then we find out that was the button press. Like they have right. nothing to do with like the rest of the story. Like that would have been very to be continued. That, that would have been a very Monty Python bit where someone in the middle of the story just dies for no reason. You know, like he's here, gone. That anyway. that's a connect. Actually, I would love that as a connective <laughs> tissue. Like actually, if we ever get like a reinstallment of the Twilight Zone, I want that to be the thing. Just, like so, yeah. then finally the like, the wrap around is like. We finally get an explanation of like, why certain like, people like our main passed. character's getting off the bus and all of a sudden the bus driver just dies and the bus just veers off and just like hits like, you know, an orphan factory or something and causes like a big, exp- I don't know what an orphan factory is, but, um, you know, like, uh, <laughs> <That was good. laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they make orphans or they just deploy them, but it would just been bad. Like, That's Cleveland, know? Ohio, orphan factory, yeah. orphan factory, you know, like, you know, as you do, you know, anyway, uh, <laughs> 
oh no, you know, oh no, that orphan factory, it, just, it blew up right beside, uh, I don't know, the thumbtack factory, I don't know, anyway, could, um, anyway. Yeah, well, so. it was right next to a White Castle, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the saddest of restaurants. That, to gives, blow that gives you context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, any other thoughts about this before we get that twist? No, nah, dude, give me the twist. All right. Twist rating is one through five as always. That has nothing to do with how we feel about the episode, but one meaning a mile away, solve for a mile away and five meaning mind blowing. I'm going to put it to you, Terry, first, because I did not know that you had no idea we were coming into. This is very fascinating to me. Okay, so the the outcome of being like there is going to be like the decision that you're going to make the like the the push of the button and it's going to affect you, sure. But then like that stinger right at the end, we're going to make sure that the person doesn't know you. Like then it's like like the slack jawed look on uh who's it Norma? Norma? Yeah, Norma yeah Norma's face is like oh my god it may be us like I'm gonna give that a four yeah I'm gonna give that a four I think in context I think a four is good because it's like the because like because the twist I think the first twist is the button itself of like well the choice right is the twist right but then right. to find out it's like oh you've known about this and it's been in front of your face the entire time that you're okay with the stranger dying. But then to find out that it's purposely being given to somebody that has no idea who you are. That's chef's kiss. I'll give that a four as well. Yeah. Like it, it just, it makes complete sense and it feels so much more like the twilight zone that we know. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's frustrating. That it's <laughs> it's like, one of those things where back, it's like, bro. yeah, it's one of those things where you think Matheson would have been like, you know what? It's not my ending, but it's pretty good. You know, like game should recognize game. Right. But yeah, I just, whatever. Um, anyway, so yeah, solid segment. I'm super glad. Like I've said this multiple times that you had no idea. Like I did not know that you did not know what was coming. That's wonderful. Zero. Wonderful, Zero wonderful, wonderful. Expectations. Oh, uh, oh, that that is that uh, that is um, that's the refreshment of the series for me that you did not know and we got to talk about it. That was wonderful. So, uh, before we talk about what's coming next, you guys can find us on uh, Facebook at uh, Strange Highways. Uh, you can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast@gmail.com. Uh, we're always posting weird images. I have, I have some fun ones from this episode coming up too. Um, you know, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. I know that's hard, harder, sorry, harder to, to, to do than say, but if you enjoy, if you enjoy the the conversation, however you decide to share us, we would appreciate it. And then Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Well, we are uh, asking for fan art on what an orphan factory would look like. <laughs> So if you can, <laughs> please, yes, no, no, no. Thank you. Submit Orphan Factory uh, fan art. Uh, if we get multiple selections, we will give a is prize. It, is it, yeah, deviant art, like dude, whatever. I'm saying if we get if we get like you know like three or four like submissions, we will make a decision and we will give a prize. I I do not care what the like. I will pay money out of my own pocket to give a prize for an Orphan Factory. I will do that. Please and thank you. Yeah, it's going to be out of our own pocket. You, you know what's right. Well, no, like, <laughs> I'm not, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, like, this isn't, like, yeah, I will pay, I, we will make, we will make it worth your while. That's what I'm saying. This is what, like, I will make it worth yeah. your while to give us a uh, fan art of an orphan factory. Orphan factory. Um, 
you know, 2013 um, or 2023. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. no, no. There's um, what was it? Um, what was it? Uh, Alabama, like one of the southern states, they have uh, child labor laws that are like like really screwed up, and they're protecting kids that can work at like age 12, 13 in factories. It is garbage, but they're not orphans. Wow. You know, but anyway, but yeah, please uh, show us Orphan Factory. I, like, show us some artwork. Yeah. yeah, please and thank you. And perhaps on Instagram, where we are. There we go. Um, yeah, please check us out on there. We're on Instagram. We're still doing that. Um, you know, please like, follow. You know, it's like we we do a hell of a job here in the sense that we we have our own normal lives and we we have to do the nine to five. But we pay for this. This is like a labor of love for us. We don't make any money off of this. If you can rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us, we would greatly appreciate that. And uh, there's a lot more to come here, guys. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it because, you know, we're not stopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, we've come this far. So, no, that's not what's happening. Yeah. So. Even if there are zero listeners, we're going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> It's just gonna but, be. Yeah. It's just or, gonna be you and I. Factory. Yeah, it's gonna be you and I just sitting on a porch talking, just doing some whittling, you know, just talking. I uh, know uh, we're 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 in it for the long haul for this series. Um, we need to find out um, financially how we're gonna make the um, was it the CW the the one season of that because it's really hard to find right now. It's expensive to buy that series, the one with uh, Forrest Whitaker yeah. being the host. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you guys are interested in that. Uh, maybe we might open up a like a GoFundMe because, uh, <laughs> damn it, because like we're spending we're spending our hard earned money on like advertising yeah. this and putting it out there. So I don't know. I just feel like, like I feel like uh, one way or another to the bitter end. Right, all things Twilight Zone. <laughs> you know, like we'll get there, whether you whether you For want to hear glory. about it or not, we'll get there. Right, so. For death or glory. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just talk about uh, what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. Next episode is uh, season one, episode 21, segment A, Need to Know. Um, I cannot wait to talk about this one with Terry. This is uh, – here, I'll put it this way to you, Terry. Let me tease it this way. It's a proto-X-Files segment. Ooh. Yes. Oh, that – Does yeah, that, that kind of pique your interest X-Files. a little bit? Because it's very X Files ish, you know, ish. Uh, the next two segments are going to be, I think, the next ep- episode twenty one as a whole, segment A and segment B are going to be uh, fun Terry segments. Um, yeah, Terry treats, you know, as we say. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be some Terry treats that, coming up. That's only that's that's only uh, for my wife to say. All right, so that's going to do it for our discussion about button button. Uh, next next week, need to know. I cannot wait to talk to to Terry about this. This is a fun one. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And in the meantime, um, I don't know. Don't be an asshole. Don't press that button. Think about what you're doing when you do decide to press said button. Also, cigarettes. All the cigarettes are bad.
Now, if you've got trouble, wait, don't run. This kind of trouble is lots of fun. Pop the Matic, pop the dice, pop the six, and you move twice. Race your men around the track and try to send the others back. That's pop trouble. The game is fun for dad and mother, and sis can trouble her mean old brother. Trouble, trouble, that's the name of Coner's pop game. The most exciting chase game that makes trouble fun for everyone. Get Coner's pop game. Trouble, that's the name.